Hey, hey, welcome once again, my friends. This is yours truly, Brother Craig Sims. Just want to welcome you to another podcast episode. And today, we're going to be talking about contentment in life, avoiding the money trap, avoiding the money trap. So we're going to be coming from the book of Luke, the 12th chapter in the 15th 15th verse. And it says, and he said unto them, take heed. And beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possessed. Now, this is Jesus talking, and he's saying here that, listen, take heed or beware of covetousness. Now, what is covetousness? Now, covetousness is a greedy desire to have more. It's an insatiable appetite for more. Amen. Now, what drives this desire to have more? A lot of times, it's the false belief that through the obtaining of things, we can ultimately reach a state of security and happiness. Happiness cannot be attained by the acquiring of things. Listen to this. Some of the richest people in the world are the most miserable people on the planet. We can clearly see this in the lives of those who are rich and famous. You know, a lot of times they often commit suicide. They are riddled with drug addiction, have multiple divorces. This is evidence that money and things don't equal to a successful life. Amen. Success is not just acquiring stuff. Amen. You know, we are only truly secure when we have a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And we are sure of our eternal destination, which means those who haven't accepted Jesus live constantly in the fear of poverty, number one, and debt, number two. Amen. Now, concerning poverty, David wrote this. He said in Psalm 37 and 25, I have been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Now, what that saying is, listen, God is going to provide for his own. Amen. God is not going to allow us, those of us who have accepted him through his son, Jesus Christ, God's children, God is not going to allow us to go without. Amen. Like any good father, he's going to provide for his children. Amen. Now concerning debt, Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians 15 and 51 through the 55th verse. It says, behold, I show you a mystery. We should not all sleep, but we shall be all changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality so then this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Debt is swallowed up in victory. O debt, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? So we see that even in debt for the Christian, we have victory over the grave, just like Jesus had victory over the grave. In fact, he was the first among many brethren that's going to rise Amen. At the sound of the last trump. Look what it says in Luke 
12 and 15. Going back to Luke 12, 15. Uh, the part B, it says, For a man's life, in other words, the quality of his life, or the impact of his life, consisted not. In other words, it's not determined by the abundance of things which he possesses. In Matthew 6 and 19 through verse 21, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust do it corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust do it corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now Jesus wasn't saying we couldn't or shouldn't own anything or save anything. But what he was saying was that earthly things or material possessions shouldn't be our main focus because they are only temporary. But rather, we should focus more on our eternal rewards, which will never be taken away from us. See, you can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. We can store up treasures in heaven for the next life. Luke 12 and 16, it says right here, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. Verse 18. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my bones and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. See, the rich man, he falsely assumed he had reached a state of security and happiness by storing up these goods. Now, verse 20 says, But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? Verse 21, and this is the key verse here. He says, So is he that laid up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. See, God wasn't saying that saving money is wrong or storing is wrong. In fact, the Bible tells us to save. You know, it says, consider the ant thou sluggard. You know, the ant, what he does is he store up his meat in summer. So when winter come, he have no lack. Amen. So it's nothing wrong with saving. In fact, saving is a wise practice. And the Bible supports that. Well, what's our motive? And that's what, what the thing was with this man, his motive. Are we seeking security through things? Are we selfishly seeking to cater to our own desire for material things by hoarding money? Or are we saving to help further our children, which the Bible supports? And most of all, do we have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ? And are we using what we have to invest in the upbuilding of God's kingdom. See, motive plays a big part in this. The key thing that God said in this verse, Jesus said in verse 21 is, and it's not rich toward God. When we just focus on the here and now, the things that are going on in this life, and we're not focused on godly things, on spiritual things, on God, then it's all for nothing. Matthew 19, verse 16, it says, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good things shall I do 
that I may have eternal life. Verse 17, And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Verse 18, He said unto him, Which? Then Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Verse 19, Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Verse 20, The young man said unto him, All these things have I kept for my youth up. What lack I yet? And here it is, Jesus says, verse 21, If thou wilt be perfect, in other words, complete, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. So Jesus said, listen, Go give away what you have. He didn't say give away everything. He said give away what you have and come and follow me. But when, Verse 22. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Or should I say his great possessions had him. Because the young man was caught up in his stuff and to the point he wasn't willing to part with any of it. What happens a lot of time, we fall in love with materialistic things to the point that they become idols, to the point that they become our God. Then say Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Verse 24, And again I say unto you, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible. With God all things are possible. See, only God can save. Only God can condition a person's heart, especially rich people, to the point they are able to avoid the money trap and see life from an eternal perspective and place more value in eternal things rather than the material trappings of life. Greed and covetousness is a powerful temptation. Amen. But at the same time, God is able to deliver us from the spirit of greed, from the spirit of covetousness. Amen. And it says right here in 1 Timothy 6 and 6, it says, Yet true godliness with contentment is in itself great wealth. And that's coming from the New Living Translation. Now, what is godliness? Godliness is the desire to see God's character reproduced in us. Now, here's the question. Are we living godly lives? Do we have that desire in us to see God's character produced in us? In other words, do we have the desire to be more like Jesus? And contentment is the acceptance of God's will in our lives. In other words, are we satisfied with our station in life? Are we content right where we are? You know, there's nothing more wrong with wanting more, but when it becomes to the point where it drives us and it, it controls our lives, amen, then it is sin. That's why I say the Bible says, 
Godliness with contentment is great gain. We have a place to lay our heads. We have a roof over our head. Amen. We have food. We have water. And God has blessed us with money, houses, and cars, and all this kind of stuff. So we are truly blessed, and we have to learn how to be content. You know, in some places around the world, people don't have any food to eat. They don't have the basic necessities of life, such as water, food, clothing, good shelter. Even the poorest person, especially in America, is considered rich in other places. Amen. So we have to learn how to be content and we have to realize we are blessed. We have to count our blessings and be grateful to how good God has been to us. Amen. So with that being said, listen, be praying for me and let's now be praying for everyone out there. Be blessed in Jesus name. Amen.